Welcome back to the NatMathSci podcast, brought to you by the National Mathematics and Science College. This is the podcast to let you find out more about NatMathSci by hearing from the whole community, talking about their experiences, all unscripted and unplugged, so that you can hear what life is really like at the college. Today, I'm with Tom Pitt. He's the new Head of Medical Pathway and Teacher of Biology. I wanted to know first up what a Head of Medical Pathway actually is and why this is so important. But then I also got to find out some of the aha moments that students have when they're learning biology as a teenager and also what fields of work that students often end up working in. Now, this is a great episode. I'm sure you're going to love it. So come with me now as we step into a conversation with the new Head of Medical Pathway and Teacher of Biology, it's Tom Pitt. Tom, thank you for being here and welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, yeah, all good. Well, it's good to have you here and uh, I've been looking forward to this recording and I'm sure that you've been looking forward to joining the college. Give us an, a, an insight into the position that you're joining the college in. So my job title will be um, Head of the Medical Pathway, but also a teacher of biology. Okay, Head of Medical Pathway. What exactly is that then? So that's for students who, upon enrolment at the college, know that they want to study medicine at university. So it's a it's really an oversight to see those students all the way through the two years, through their their course searching, their UCAS application, their inter, hopefully interviews, and then hopefully success uh, gaining a place. That's oversight of all of those students who are interested in medicine. Oh, I see. Right. So it is a pathway to studying medicine in that case at university. Mm -hmm. And yeah. is that predominantly for people wanting to study medicine at UK universities or, or anywhere in the world? It can be overseas. So predominantly it would be students who are interested in applying to UK universities. But then there's, all, uh, there's always students who are interested in applying overseas in America, for example, uh, as, as well. So Okay, right. Well, it's great to get that insight. So, so thank you for explaining all of that. Uh, let's just jump back to you for a second then. And let's jump back in time a little bit as well. If we went back to the start of your career, maybe when you were, uh, or even before the start of your career, so when you're on the receiving end of education, tell me a little bit about where you went to school and that kind of thing. So I went to school in a uh, comprehensive school in the northeast of England in my, my hometown of Stockton-on-Tees. Graduated there in 1999 and then went on to a local sixth form to uh, study A-levels. Uh, did A-level human biology, chemistry and French. Uh, so yeah, that's my schooling was standard. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Biology, chemistry and French, did you say? Yes. Yeah. It's a bit of a, a little bit of an odd combination. Um, mm. I always loved biology and um was interested in the chemistry, but I really do enjoy learning foreign languages as well. So um, okay. kept the French up there um, to, to kind of add a bit more of a dimension to, to the A-level studies. And I'm dying to know, do you still use the French now, either in everyday life or, or in your work? <laughs> Very rarely. It's something I regret. I, I wish that I'd kept the French going when I got to university. Perhaps done a few elective modules in French, but it's over the over the years, it's slowly f fading away. Uh, but I have mm. learned Spanish in the meantime, so so now my Spanish is better than the French. So <laughs> and they're quite similar, really, aren't they? French and Spanish. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so tell me then about where where you first started working after you left university. So I did start teaching straight away. After graduating, um, I first of all worked in a, in a law firm uh, for about a year. And then I worked as a, as a data analyst 
um, again for about a year. But it that time kind of it taught me that sitting at a, a computer behind a desk every day was not the the, the career that I was interested in. Mm. Um, so towards the end of those two years, I started to gain experience in local schools, in in secondary schools, in uh, primary schools as well. Um, and it was just the, the experience in the secondary school that was, it was really enlightening. And it, it really showed me that teaching was the, the correct profession that I, that I should go into. So what is it about teaching young people that inspires you so much? It's the enthusiasm that they have. It's the questions that they ask. You can never quite predict what questions students will ask. So it'll keep you mm -hmm. on your toes. Mm. Um, and then it's just, it's so satisfying to, to see them progress on their educational career. So whether, whether it is onto medicine or whether it's onto uh, another degree, it's just so nice to have been somebody who helped them along, along that pathway. And your own biology teacher when you were at school, mm -hmm. were they someone who inspired you? I mean, clearly you, you carried on doing that, but tell me a little bit about them. So the biology teacher that I recall the most is my A-level biology teacher. Um, and he was quite innovative in his, in his way of delivering lessons. I remember one lesson he um, actually got onto the desk to show us the evolution of walking in humans, bipedalism in, in humans. Um, so really it was his enthusiasm um, that really got me interested in, in the subject and it was really infectious, his, his enthusiasm. So now when you're in the, in, in the classroom and, and you're the one who's delivering the teaching, is, is that the kind of thing that's on your mind, the way that you can inspire younger people yourself? It is, I say I'm definitely not as enthusiastic and as uh, I'm definitely not on the desks demonstrating things like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, my hope is that through the way that I teach students find the subject interesting and that they want to then go ahead and learn more uh, and gain mm. a greater insight about about the subject we've we've been covering. So tell me then how you go about explaining complex biological concepts and I'm, I'm no biologist so, so, I, so I, I don't know exactly what I'm talking about here but how do you make things that are complex understandable for young people who before you teach these people don't actually understand it? I suppose I take it from the basics, really. I try and ascertain um, prior knowledge before we do any new learning. Do students actually understand what previous terminology that I'm about to use in my delivery, what exactly that means? Um, I also, um, because I I've, I've teach international students and I have been doing that for a number of years, um, take it on a, on a really look at the language um, that I'm using. Is it is it straightforward? Is it easy to understand and then tr also try and help break down the words because biological terminology can be quite lengthy try mm. and break down those words so students understand um, the language and and the process as well you mentioned there about having taught international students already clearly you'll be doing more of that at the college mm -hmm. but tell me why you feel it's important to have had that background that experience in teaching international students as opposed to someone who maybe has only ever worked in a in a UK school which is predominantly with UK students when I first moved into teaching um, international students it was amazing how much we take for granted terminology that students understand that and how how clearly and how 
eloquently we we present our information that has really has to be uh, spot on when you're delivering it uh, delivering lessons to students whose English is not their is not their first language mm. um, so I think the experience I've had already it's it's so interesting I mean we were looking at an exam question with it with some students and it was talking about white coat hypertension in a doctor's surgery and the students most of them didn't understand that doctor's surgery was where the doctor worked the um, the place where the doctor worked, they they thought he was undertaking surgery. Hmm. So it's those kind of it's a good um, example. I, I like yeah, that one. Yeah, those kind of day to day words that we take for granted that that you know uh, that experience has taught me that not not to take that for granted. Essentially, yeah, I, I I know exactly what you mean. I was talking to somebody in France a few days ago, and I mentioned about being all at sixes and sevens, <laughs> not even occurring to me at all that that's a phrase which which English people or UK people might understand very well. Mm -hmm. Somebody outside of the UK had absolutely no idea what no. I was talking about, even slightly. So, yeah, I, I guess steering well clear of those phrases is a, is a good thing to do. It's a it's it's a good thing to to introduce the students to those phrases, you know, draw attention to them when when you do use one. So that it kind of enhances their English voc vocabulary as well. I, I love that then, because there, you know, you've just touched on something else, which is not just about teaching them biology, but it's about teaching them more about the English language, having an, a deeper understanding of the English language. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. OK, so something like biology is, you know, given that we, we don't in, in the world, we don't understand everything about biology. So I, I imagine that as the years go by, there's there there and there are further developments. There are new discoveries that we are making in the world. What, how do you go about keeping up to date yourself? You know, who 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 teaches the teacher? In other words, <laughs> it's a good question. We get a specification that we need to deliver over the two years, um, and our job is to ensure that the students understand those concepts clearly. However, I don't. I don't see it as that that being the end point. I think we we need to introduce students to to more to further developments. Um, I'm a, a a big fan of podcasts <laughs> as we're mm -hmm. recording one here. Um, I encourage students to sign up to um, the Nature Podcast, things like BBC Inside Health um, podcasts as well uh, as well as um, Nature. So th that's a, it's a really great way to be able to keep up to date with with the current advancements uh, mm. and using the time of your day well I often listen to a podcast when I'm driving into work or I'm returning mm. from work and it's a, it's a great way to, to to stay up to date. So what are some of the careers that students might go into if they're studying biology at you know age 16, 17, 18, something like that? Mm -hmm. so, so the majority of the students that I've taught previously um, have gone on into the into the medical field so either studying medicine dentistry or veterinary science mm -hmm. um, some students have gone into pharmacy mm -hmm. um, but then we've also had students quite a number of students going to biomedical sciences as mm. well mm. Um, we do get the you know, the students who um, they decide that biology is not the right direction for them. Um, so mm -hmm. it, although it's one of their three A-levels or four A-levels, um, it's not something they're going to pursue further, but we still mm -hmm. kind of concentrate on on the, the skill development that biology can bring to the students and how it can help mm -hmm. prepare them for, for university. 
And of course, you know, talking about careers there, I, I'm aware that in some cultures, it's it's very much encouraged that young people might end up working as a as a doctor or or something like that. Do you ever find that there are students that you're teaching where 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 actually their passion, their enthusiasm might be for something else outside of biology, but maybe there's parental pressure almost for them to study this and then go on to do something like working as a doctor? Mm -hmm. There is definitely cultural um, and parental pressures at times for students to follow particular careers. What I often do when I when I first see a student who is interested in medicine is, is just ask them the question, why do you want to be a doctor? Mm. And if they can answer that in a kind in a genuine and insightful way, then it shows me that it's it's their motivation and it's not coming mm. from a from a third party. Mm. I really say to students, unless you've gained experience in a care setting, it doesn't have to be in a hospital, it doesn't have to be work shadowing a doctor, it can be in a care home, it can be um, in a school for students with special needs. Um, mm -hmm. But so you've seen that side, the, the less glamorous side um, mm. of medicine, the day-to-day -day care. And if you're still interested in, and that's something that excites you, then, then that student is clearly on the right pathway towards medicine. Mm-hmm. That's interesting to hear, that really is. Mm -hmm. So let's take it back to the students themselves in that case. When, when, when you start teaching students, what, what are some of the things, that the aha moments that students experience when, when they you know, might suddenly realise that something isn't how they thought it might have been? I think one of the best examples uh, of, of that is when, is when you're teaching respiration. So up until... GCSE, you know, respiration is a single equation. You might know the word equation and the balanced chemical equation, and you know that it happens in the mitochondria. And then at A level, you you find out it's it's a much more complicated process. There are processes that occur in the cytoplasm, and then it occurs in the mitochondria. And when you start to see students actually connect ideas um, mm -hmm. and not just learn not just learn the process, because a lot of Often when it's a complex idea, the focus really is on acquiring the knowledge. It's when you see that deeper understanding, when a student makes a connection between uh, something, say for example, a respiratory inhibitor and how that could affect the whole process of, of respiration. That's mm. the really rewarding part. And when you can, you can see that deeper, deeper knowledge and deeper mm. understanding. And if I asked you what your favorite aspect of biology is to teach, would would that be the same kind of thing or would that be something different? To teach, I would say it's the biochemical processes such as respiration and photosynthesis. I do like the biochemistry aspect of, mm -hmm. of the subject and I find that the students are quite interested in, in that, in, the, in those processes as well. In terms of my own my own learning. My degree towards the third year, I've, I've always been a bit of a generalist. Um, I've, I've found lots and lots of areas of biology very interesting. But I suppose towards the third year of my degree, um, my main areas of focus were animal physiology uh, and animal behaviour. And then uh, towards the end, uh, so I did my research project on a uh, parasitology and how hosts manipulate the behaviour, uh, sorry, the parasite, how they manipulate the behaviour of the host. And so that that has been my my main area of interest. How do they go about doing that? How does that work? So 
my research project was looking at a parasite called Wolbachia, um, and it infects the testes of fruit flies, <laughs> quite random. Um, and we were looking at how it uh, affects the mating rate. So how often uh, a male with Wolbachia copulates compared to without. And it's interesting that it was actually a more, they, they copulated more frequently. So um, then, so we thought it was perhaps uh, an evolutionary compensatory mechanism for there being less sperm in, in that male. So um, mm. it's, it's a advancing area of how they actually do manipulate, how they can change the behavior of the host. Wow. Okay, and tell me more about the medical pathway. I mean, I'm I'm wondering why there's why why there's a need for having somebody in this position as well, where 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 you're where you're assisting people with that pathway. The need for the the medical pathway is that it, it's not just um, a decision to apply for medicine in the second year of your um, your A level studies. The journey really starts prior to. 16 um but definitely when you start at sixth form when you start at sixth form college mm. students need to understand the skills and the qualities and the attributes that are necessary um to study medicine to determine whether they have the perseverance and the grit to be able to to undertake such a, a, a not just a difficult degree but then a difficult career as well um there's also in terms of helping students to gain experience and insight, uh, particularly students from overseas, gaining knowledge on the national health system and how that how that works, gaining experience that allows them to answer questions effectively in, in an interview, mm. um, but mm. also um, that allows them to to fully understand what it is that they are that they are taking on when they mm. when they apply for medicine. How important is the relationship that people who work in a hospital have with patients, with the families of patients, compared to the actual knowledge of the medical condition of the patient? So I think with the knowledge comes confidence and uh, a doctor who's knowledgeable has the confidence uh, to express their their ideas clearly um, mm. and therefore the, the family probably feel a little bit at ease um, particularly, you know, if they if they know that their doctor is knowledgeable, mm. but we do also concentrate on the kind of the the softer skills, the the listening skills, allowing people opportunity to speak, um, mm -hmm. listening to them, and and taking their taking their ideas on board. That's really important in terms of allowing the the patient to feel like they're in charge of their own care, that they're making their own decisions, mm. that they are. Um, they're at the heart of of medical care, really. Are there ever any fields within medicine that students uh, at A-level age feel they would like to go into without fully understanding all of the different options that might be available to them later in life? There are certainly pathways that are more attractive to students. They, they see um, lots of students want to be a, a surgeon, quite often going down the cardiology route or a neurosurgeon something along those lines. Um, really, it's it's about showing students those options. Yes, those are, options do exist, but expanding their, their view a little bit um, so that they can see the, the diversity of different fields there are within medicine um, and to to see where their, their skill set 
really does really does lie. Um, so yeah, as a important part of my job through the medical pathway will be to introduce the variety of different areas students can can move into and to start to guide them towards the right field for them. Got it. Fully understood. <laughs> uh, Tom, I'm keeping an eye on time. We need to bring this to a close now, but uh, the, the college will be a, a great place for having you on board. I'm sure you're looking forward to being there just as much as they're looking forward to having you on board. But in the meantime, thank you for giving up your time to talk to us today. It's been it's been really good hearing about where you've come from, but also your insights into this topic. So thank you so much. That's great. Thank you very much. So that was Tom Pitt, the new Head of Medical Pathway and Teacher of Biology at the college. A big shout out and a thank you to Tom for being here. Super good to have him on the podcast. Speaking of podcasts, we've put links to those podcasts that Tom mentioned in the show notes. So do go and check them out. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.